Good morning, brothers and sisters. Today is the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, and this is the Word in the World. Welcome to the show. I am Father Stephen Bell, Associate Director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And here on The Word in the World, we strive to give you insight and inspiration for the Sunday readings from a theological and a practical perspective. As I mentioned last week, my Paulus brothers are going to be joining me for the next two weeks of show. And this week, I actually have the pleasure of having in the studio Deacon Stuart Wilson-Smith. Hey, Stu. Hi, everybody. Hi, Father Steve. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Deacon Stu is going to be a deacon for only a few more months. On May the 20th, he will have oils laid upon his head and hands, and he will become a priest. Mm. You ready for that? Not quite yet, but, you know, I, I got a few months, like you said, so we'll get there. Don't worry about it. Well, tell the, tell the brothers and sisters about yourself. Sure. So I'm in my, uh, as you said, last year formation with the Paulus Fathers. Uh, been in uh, living with them in Washington, D.C. since 2011 uh, in the formation process. I go to school, Catholic University of America in mm-hmm. Washington. And uh, currently serve as a deacon at the Cathedral of St. Matthew there in D.C. as well. Boy, you, you got it. You got it all. <laughs> I, keep, <laughs> I keep busy. It's, a, it's an active but a blessed life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Stu has chosen the second reading that we will have this mm-hmm. weekend from 1 Corinthians, and that is going to be proclaimed to you by Lector Lauren Cupito, who is a lector at the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And here she is. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming the mystery of God, I did not come with sublimity of words or of wisdom, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of spirit and power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. The word of the Lord. So Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, kind of letting them know that what he is saying and representing is from God and God alone. Quite wonderful. Why did you choose this particular reading, Stu? I I like it a lot. It's What strikes me, at least, is Paul's sense of vulnerability and also his humility, I would say, as well. You know, I, I think he was a, a – I don't just think he clearly was a prolific missionary. Mm-hmm. He did well for himself. He put a lot of miles on his sailboat, you know, mm-hmm. and, he, and, he, and he walked a lot and he, he, he preached a lot and he cared a lot for these communities. And the, you think of the effort it would take to establish something that's so new, mm-hmm. that's so foreign to everybody, the work he did and the effort he put in. I think today he'd be a kind of celebrity, you know. He'd probably mm-hmm. have as many followers as the Pope, maybe a few less. He'd, mm-hmm. he'd have a deal with Paulus Press, a good book deal, <laughs> or, you know, presumably. Exactly. You know, he'd be invited to all the best conferences. And, and, and so you, you, you'd almost want to grant him to have his head sort of right. uh, grown a little bit, to let, you know, to give him that because right. he did work so hard. Uh, and yet what he focuses it on is, is his own weakness and frailty before the Lord and the fear that he had in, in coming to them. He mm-hmm. just has Christ. That's all he's got, you know. That's <laughs> and, true. So that, that's what really strikes me. But he's actually, he's defying a very common marketing axiom of that you don't buy the product, you buy the person. Amen. And uh, Amen. this, he's saying, no, don't buy the person, buy the product. And I'm sure that made him very unique. Everybody mm-hmm. else coming across these neighborhoods, I'm sure he's not the only one selling right. something, pitching something. Right. 
and everyone <laughs> exactly, and everyone else is known for their uh, eloquence and, yes. and their manner of speaking and their persuasiveness, mm-hmm. and yet that's not what he's really about, which mm-hmm. I think would be a really stark contrast for people. That's true. So it's that's what you true. expect. That's right. You know, it's very interesting in reading this. You, you, uh, for me at least, I think about all of those who come to me after a good homily or a homily and say, wow, you're wonderful. When are you going to preach mm-hmm. again? You know, I want, I want to follow you, that sort of thing. And immediately, you know, my red flags go up and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Look higher. Aim higher. Look to the one to whom I point, not to me myself. Because sometimes you can get very much attracted to the messenger, you know, who delivers as opposed to the message that he or she delivers. Absolutely. I think I think that's a big temptation. I've actually started – I kind of picked up a habit from you from a few years ago because, <laughs> you know, we've lived in three cities together. Yes, we enough, have. Even for short yes. periods of time. <laughs> the Lord right. has put us together. Right. So I've, I've had time to say, all right, how does Father Steve negotiate this? And I'm no Father Steve, whatever. But it's like when someone says – Oh, I connected with this or that, or or boy, you you really made me laugh with that story, or or whatever. Just to say, like, you can say thanks, but also mm-hmm. praise be to God, thanks be to God, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and just to have a sense of where the direction is going and where all this comes from, I think is very important. Yes, yeah. exactly right, and also you know the the humility piece is quite the inspiration for me. Uh, one of the things that I always prepare myself with whenever I celebrate Mass, particularly, but any sort of uh, public prayer, public worship service, is uh, the notion that this has got to be the Holy Spirit's show. This has got to be the Holy Spirit uh, leading the way, providing me with the content. Uh, I usually kind of formulate an outline and, and follow that outline when I preach. But mm. how that, you know, how the blanks are filled in, all of that has got to be from the Holy Spirit. And you know, if it is, if I don't have that partnership when I when I process in then something is very wrong. I always do a prayer or try to go into the situation kind of prayed up. Oh, and that's got to be part of the homily preparation process. You know, I think the commentaries and looking into what the Scripture is saying and meaning and the context, the historical factors, all those things are important mm-hmm. parts. I really think people can tell if you've, like, encountered, like you said, the word, mm-hmm. if, if you've encountered it or not. Mm-hmm. I think people mm-hmm. can tell because that's part of integration. That's part of authenticity. Yes. You know, so to make sure that it's not just you putting your own agenda and ideas out there, but like, have you really, really prayed on this thing? Yes. You know, and and has it meant something in your life? Like, are you really coming from a place of real authenticity Mm -hmm. or is it just you charming people? You know, like, I think that's a big difference. Amen. And, you know, the people of God are actually smarter than we give them credit for a lot of times. A thousand times, amen. I I, I, I Absolutely, yeah. So I think that it only hurts us to inflict our our charming nature with no substance upon them. Well, one of the things also that I want to say about this is that when you are in the public eye as much as we are as as pastoral ministers, um, you know, it's it's not so much out of the out of what Paul says in the weakness and the fear and the trembling. I mean, other than of course nervousness and things like that. But you know, a, a lot of what we can receive that can sometimes give us the boost for um, for going out there and preaching the word is the fact that people like us. Yeah. You know, and and how how do you actually separate it when it's not this great dichotomy that Paul mentions in, in his reading, you know, when you actually feel pretty good, 
when when everything seems to be going pretty well when you when you feel like you know your stuff you know i i, I think that that can sometimes be its own challenge absolutely because um, you don't it's not like you want to completely abandon yourself to the degree that you're almost like a robot or something mm-hmm. and you prepare this text and you prepare this homily and you go up and you just read it and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, fine. You know, so humility doesn't mean you forget that you're an instrument, that you're right. a vessel of some kind, that God has chosen to use you. And that's something you got to just kind of accept. And, mm-hmm. and, and so integration, I think, is about not living these two separate lives where you're, you allow yourself to be who you are and whether that's charming or funny or whatever the thing is mm-hmm. uh, outside of the mass, uh, outside of the preaching event, you know, whatever you want to call it, and then just be completely passive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's just about finding a way, uh, knowing what your gifts are and allowing those to be used because mm-hmm. th- it's not like those come from nowhere. Right. God gave them to you, but he gave them to you so that you would use them for right. his goodness and his glory and, and to bring people closer to him, you right. know, not to praise you, but to, <laughs> to bring them closer to him. You know, if you're using your gifts well, it really brings, brings glory to God. Amen. That's a great segue into the next question. Oh, what? oh what, how convenient. <laughs> this was not intentional, everybody. That's, well, that's you're, you're kind of brilliant that way anyway. Oh, come on. <laughs> what is the message that this, that this reading can offer to our brothers and sisters, do you imagine? I'd say one thing is that, you know, okay, so not everybody is preaching a homily. We're not all up in the pulpit. But you don't have to be an expert in everything to preach the gospel, it's good to study our faith, and it's right and praiseworthy to study our faith as, as much as we can as, and, and to follow our interests, if that's like in church history or if there's something about catechesis that inspires you and that you're really fired up about. It's, it's great to pursue those interests. But to be involved in the life and ministry of the church, to spread the gospel in your daily life at work, at school, whatever – you don't have to know it all. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. bring yourself. That's right. Because that's what the gift that God has given is yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think there's a lot to learn here from Paul, and especially from his vulnerability. I mean, it is scary, especially at first, because, you know, not knowing it all is what makes you feel like I'm unequipped. I don't have what it takes mm-hmm. to talk to X, Y, Z person about the gospel. Right. But you do. You just need to get in touch with who you are. What are your gifts? What is your story? What's your faith been like? Mm-hmm. What has Christ meant to you? Uh, you know, if, if you can get in touch with that and articulate that, it, it just goes miles, mm-hmm. I think. Indeed. I think one of the mistakes that can be made in this is presuming that you have to be the know-it-all uh, representative, if you will, of the faith. Yeah. And much of what you are going to really impact people with is your witness, is how you how you manage your daily life, you know, what decisions yeah. that you usually make, how you treat people, you know, how you speak to folks, how how you how you manage yourself, how you keep yourself up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and also I think if there's there's three words I think non religious people love to hear from religious people, mm-hmm. and it's this: I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. That's really refreshing from time exactly. to time. Exactly. You know, because because <laughs> a lot of it really is just in that witness. If they see yeah. you're a loving person and kind and generous and as relentlessly merciful and giving as as our Lord was, that speaks so much. And, yes. and really, so in that sense, it's okay if someone asks you a really complicated 
complicated, like theological question to just say, you know, I, I don't know. Right. And you might get back to them or whatever. I, what I like to do is say, well, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, I, I used to do that because I really didn't think it was okay to say I don't know. So I was like, what do you think? And then while you talk, I'm going to think about it. And then maybe by the time you're done, I'll, I'll come in with a more insightful answer. <laughs> there you go. You know? there you now go. I'm, genu- I'm genuinely able to see the value of just saying, I don't know, I'm not sure. Because that, mm-hmm. that too takes a sense of vulnerability because you're open before this world that you're supposed to preach to. And you think you have to have the same kind of confidence that you bring into every other part of the world. But mm-hmm. it's a different kind of confidence. That's it's the confidence that the Lord is with you, not the confidence that you know everything. Right. I actually like to follow that up with three words. Let's find out. Amen. Wow. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Let's go and do research together. I love so that. So we can figure, you know, figure that's out. That's accompaniment. That's yeah, exactly. going along with the person. That's, that's really brilliant. Exactly. Well, I have yeah. my moments. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, Stu, we're going to kind of move on to a challenge here. Oh boy! And okay. our ch- <laughs> challenge. All right, this isn't for me. For a second there, I was singing. Okay, this is yeah. Sorry, go well, ahead. We might, we, we <laughs> you might, might take challenge it out. me too. Yeah, we might take it. We out. should be just as challenged, surely, exactly. by whatever challenge we come up with. Exactly. All right. Father. I, I yes. remember a very wise man once saying that the that the gospels should comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh boy. I wonder who that was. That is very that. wise words. Whoever said that, <laughs> that is really brilliant. They must be. Yeah. But this challenge, my brother, is yes. going to be something that we can all do within a week's time. Something that reflects Catholic Christian values and something that is derived from the scriptures that we're discussing. Okay. So you'll give one, and then I'll give one, and then we'll figure out what we're going to offer to our brothers and sisters. Okay. All right. Do you have a challenge? I do. Okay. I do have a challenge. Go for it. So let's pretend uh, you're in like an elevator or some other place where you're only around people for a short period of time. We've heard the phrase elevator speech. Ah. So somebody asks you something like, why bother with Jesus? Why follow Jesus? Uh What are you going to say in a couple of minutes? Okay. Mm -hmm. And to prep for this, I think a good way to do it, especially if you're the type of person and even if you're not, this could be a good way to start. If you have a spiritual journal or if you have some way of recording your spiritual journey, just to write like no more than a paragraph, just like a few sentences and put in your own words how you would answer that question, mm-hmm. why follow Jesus. And after you do it the first time, look at it and look out for a few things. One, what's the language like? Is it overly technical? Is it loaded with theological speak that people are just going to be kind of turned off and confused by? Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says he doesn't speak with sublimity. He doesn't mm-hmm. use sublime language. That means that there's words that couldn't be any higher than the words he's mm-hmm. using. Mm-hmm. Go the opposite direction. What's the most accessible and simple way you could phrase this? And two, to make sure, is this vulnerable? Is this using my story? Is this using my real sense of encounter and my history with the Lord mm-hmm. uh, in my spiritual life? Or is it kind of detached from me? Am I borrowing someone else's words? Mm-hmm. You know, or is this my own? Because that's what people connect to. Is if it's authentic, then it's got to be your own. And I think, like we said, people can tell the difference. Yes. And if it's not quite that, think about it, pray about it, and try again. <laughs> and you may fill up pages and pages, <laughs> but the next time someone asks you why follow Jesus or what's the gospel, you at least have that starting point. And you you're not going to be kind of fumbling for words. You'll have something that you, you really own, you know? It's almost like a mission statement. I would say it is a mission, a mission statement. It. For that's sure. Great. For sure. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
give one that we could actually put together on this one. Okay. So I like what he says in terms of coming to people in weakness and fear and in much trembling. I think sometimes we look at those three things as hindrances, as barriers to truly bringing forth a notion of truth, a notion of witness, a notion of testimony. I say instead of looking at them as hindrances, look at them as conduits. Oh wow! So how can we see the weakness, the fear, and the trembling as as calling cards for us to depend more on God? And so That's take a, a challenge. Yeah, wow. it is. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's one because usually what we hear first from those three things is stop, don't do it. Uh, and and of course there's prudence. If it's something that we shouldn't do, that's going to truly be of harm, then don't do it. But if it is something that that is a is a communication of truth is a communication of love or justice then use it as as a as a conduit for really putting your hand in God's hands and saying listen I'm going to take the the step forward but you have got to give me the words you've got to give me the wherewithal to actually bring forth what you wish for me to bring forth I love that. It's got, yeah. it, it reminds me of Moses, somebody yeah. who's afraid to do the thing that God is asking him to do, and yet God is saying, to just do it, and I'll be there, and we'll sort it out. <laughs> right, know? right. There's a lot of power behind that. There it's is. Beautiful. I mean, it's definitely in many of the scriptures where we hear or, or see occasions when the Lord has spoken through. So the prophets is the great example that we have. Um, and Jeremiah says, you know, don't don't worry about what you have to say. I I'll give you the words to say. You just you just go. You just go. Yes. I want you to to be the vessel through which I speak. Um, and 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 we even see an, our our discipleship is indeed a, a collaboration, a very intimate collaboration uh, through submission to Christ, who will give us what it is that we need to to be what he would ask us to be and to do what he would ask us to do. Now, sisters and brothers, I'm not giving this to you in vain. I'm telling you this from my own personal experience. It works. (laughs) It works. I cannot tell you how many times I have just gone forward without a plan, without a set of words. Um, Fortunately, I've never done that for a homily. But particularly for tough situations where I've been asked to either speak or to counsel or to accompany somebody going through really hard times, you know, those moments when you don't know what to say, uh, the the weakness, the fear, and the trembling that I myself experience, uh, I have learned now to, to bring it to God and say, listen, you brought me here, my dear Lord. Give me what I need so that I can I can see this thing through as you would have me to. I love that. And yeah. it really works. It really works. So I'm going to kind of add that to the challenge of, of creating the mission statement because I think that's brilliant. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. So now we move on to prayer. Uh, we're going to ask, ask you, Stu, how do you like to pray these days? I, I think like a lot of people, I'm trying to find silent, transcendent moments for myself mm. that are away from that sense of hecticness, that busyness, or 
just noise and talking and even my own talking. I include that. The ministry, it's like you talk so much, you get tired of your own voice, right? <laughs> yes. So I think uh, I look for those moments that are away from that. In particular, because uh, I've always had a, a sense of imagination that's always come easy for me. Mm-hmm. I think especially in times when I've been traveling uh, and I, I've always loved to backpack and that kind of thing and, and go in the outdoors. And if I light a campfire, I would always sit at the fire and late at night, just kind of imagine that the Lord was across from me. Mm-hmm. And and I never, it's like he never speaks to me. I don't necessarily feel like I have to speak to him as it is with the easiest of hopefully relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try to impress each other anymore. Uh, that really centers me. So I think since that time when I really did that sitting by a fire, I try to find a quiet space and when possible, maybe uh, in adoration or uh, just kind of sitting in the chapel mm-hmm. uh, and just close my eyes and imagine that I'm at that fire and it's crackling. And, uh, you know, and, and part of me is just the the imagery of imagining there's all there's there's so much we don't have in the Gospels. And one of the things we don't have is all the nights that the Lord spent with his disciples around the fire. Yes. Right. Yes. And maybe they talked late into the night. But then for a while, there's always that period like and you go camping with anybody there's a period where it's just quiet and you're all just enjoying each other in the fire and the presence of that mm-hmm. so that's the place i go to that's uh, nice. and it's and it sort of recenters me and calms me that's nice that's nice i remember a nun once telling me that uh her only time of silence was the five minutes when she woke up before she got out of bed wow. and she said that was her that was her silent prayer to god and and i thought about that um, I thought about, you know, the second I get out of this bed, life is going to take over and right. it's just going to drag me all over the place. So maybe maybe a, a good moment with the Lord yeah. uh, right here and right now might be very helpful. That sounds very wise. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for a while and it was very good. It was mm-hmm. very good. Um, I like, uh, I, I think in terms of the silence piece, I have had to carve it out thanks to, you know, thanks to modern technology. I don't really have a moment of silence when I'm in the presence of those evil machines known as right. smartphones, yeah. iPads, and yeah, it's laptops. Yeah, it's a contemporary problem. Yeah, <laughs> it right. It is. So I think I need to put it all away. And and the, the place where I seem to do that is in the church when nobody else is there. And to sit and look at the crucifix uh, illuminated and just kind of have a moment. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do uh, along with uh, the other priests at the Newman Center is lock up. Yes. And so typically I'm the last one to leave. And so before doing that, I have the opportunity to just sit and say, what about this day, Lord? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and to have that moment of silence. So, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, what are you thankful for this day? I'm thankful for for a lot of things. I I think one uh, has just been the last few days. I've been out of D.C. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, to come back here to Columbus, uh, so I spent my pastoral internship year Mm -hmm. here in 2014, 2015 when I was a seminarian. And at least some of the students that I knew back then, you know, the college campuses, there's always a a turnover. People come and they go and it's this transient population, (laughs) you know. 
but to see some of the people that I knew back then and the ways that they've grown in faith uh, just over a short period of time, a couple years, mm-hmm. uh, has been so beautiful. And and some of the ways they uh, remembered, like some of the conversations that we've had back then, mm-hmm. and uh, it just made me grateful for the gift of ministry at all, like mm-hmm. that it exists, mm-hmm. you know, let alone, you know, not just mine, but this idea that, that God would want to share this with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, because God is all creativity and care and nurture and all these things that are beautiful. And, and to think that he would want to share that with with us is, is very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to be able to to kind of reconnect and, and touch back with that is, is really, I think it's really going to carry me through these next few months, mm-hmm. you know, because things are busy and I'm going to be back at the books and I got to have some sense of like, okay, what am I doing this for? And it just reminds me of that, what a gift uh, ministry is to be with people and accompany them uh, through their own journeys of faith. Very good. Very good. Uh, I think my gratitude is pretty similar. Uh, We finished up with Paulus Week, which is one of the reasons why you are here. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the opportunity for the Newman Center community to get to know the Paulus a bit better. And what we do is we go and and do presentations in our various ministry out, outreach uh, opportunities and things like that so that people will have just those moments with us. And one of the things that just floors me, and, and this is in a very, very good way, is the expressed spirituality of the young people yeah. these days uh, who – who we have the privilege of working with and and working for and helping out. Um, Sometimes I have to be honest with you. I think, I think I'm the one being ministered to more just by really having the opportunity to hear their witness and to, and to see their faith in action, to see their passion and how they craft it or how they desire to craft it into a faith response that incorporates not just their, their religious life or their spiritual life, but also their, their professional life, their family life. Uh, that, that kind of that integration is happening so early. It's um it's something that I'm very thankful for because you know when we look at the stats, uh, they they speak the opposite and of course that may be true for for many young people that they might be losing their faith at this time of college but for what I have observed in my time here at the Newman Center it's just been very inspiring to see how many young people wish to take it up. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I think that should help us. Help give us a bit of uh, a positivity or an optimism or uh, a different way of looking at the world and not just kind of looking at the stats and saying, oh, well, these millennials, they don't care about faith or, you know, right. whatever the age group. Uh, just to understand, no, I mean, the possibility is there. There's a little flicker in everybody. And, yes. uh, and it's really beautiful to behold how that can come out. If you just give them the space and the time and the tools and whatever you know it takes it'll happen mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I i i for one am not sort of um feeling like this polished missionary life is pointless quite to the contrary faith is out there and it's alive right. and the spirit is active uh, out there in the world that's right and it's and it's a waiting partnership yes for either fostering or for learning yes very good is there anyone you'd like to pray for today yeah i think i'd like to Pray for anyone who on the weekend 
struggles to enjoy their off time because they're thinking about Monday. <laughs> and I mean that in a very, um, you know, some of us have jobs, careers, uh, we're at school, you know, whatever it is. And for some of us, it's more of a playful sense of like, all right, I wish I had more time to Netflix or whatever. But for mm-hmm. some people, that's like there's a real existential like fear of approaching the next week. Mm. And I pray for anyone for whom that just clouds all of their time that they have to re-energize themselves. Because mm-hmm. that's just, it's a tough place to be in. And a lot of people, they need to do it because they're supporting a family or they need to support themselves. And so I, I pray that God would be present to them. I pray that if they're looking at a change that could be possible, mm-hmm. that they'd be given the courage to do so. If they're dealing with difficult people, that, that God would inspire them to help uh, bring uh, whatever energy or gifts that they have into their space uh, and to make it uh, a gospel-infused day for them. And so uh, I pray for all those people who uh, I, I think I really feel for in a lot Amen. of ways. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to offer my prayers for you. Oh. As you as you continue on this journey towards priesthood, and your two brothers, uh, Matt Berrios and Steve Petroff, uh, the three of you, the great three, the great, uh, I, I won't say the Holy Trinity, but I will say the great triumph. <laughs> Maybe don't go that far. I won't for, go that far, yeah, I promise. I you know us too far. well for that, but I don't want to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially me, but yeah, no, no. But uh, I will pray for you all to, to, Thank you know, you, Father to Steve. continue looking forward and um, that your priesthood may be everything and more that you had hoped. Thank you, Father be. Steve. We are Amen. grateful for all the support and all the prayers. So oh, thank you got him. You, you got Thank him. you. So let's, uh, let's close out with an Our Father. Let's Sunday, do it. In the Absolutely. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Well, Deacon Stu, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you so much. Come back and see us soon. Absolutely. It was an honor. It would be my pleasure. And brothers and sisters, thank you so much for listening. We will be back with you next week, 930 on AM 920 WMNI.